You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I feel like who art Ed? We're trying to spice it. Who art Ed? Mr. Wood, art Ed, me. <laughs> Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and today we're going to be looking at Alphonse Mucha. Alphonse Mucha was born July 24th, 1860, in what is now the Czech Republic. He went to school first getting vocational training in sort of like stage design and stuff like that, and then he started to get some commissions for painting and eventually went to get fine arts training. In the autumn in 1887, he moved to Paris. I mean, Paris was essentially the center for the fine arts at that time, and he studied a bit at the Académie Julienne. And he begins to get some commissions. He does some work as a professional illustrator. His big break, though, wouldn't come for a few years. In December of 1894, I've read different accounts. Sometimes they say it was December 24th, sometimes December 26th. But either way, late December 1894, Mucha is a working artist, but he's still in the humble beginnings phase of his artistic journey. While other artists were off for the holidays, Mucha went to the Le Messier print shop and he was looking over some proofs for a friend. It just so happened that while Mucha's there looking over these prints, he would meet a popular actress, Sarah Bernhardt, in an encounter that would change not only the trajectory of his career, but I would say art more broadly on the Paris scene. Sarah Bernhard had gone to the print shop because she had a play coming up, Gizmonda, and she needed posters to publicize it. She needed them fast. As I said, it was late December, and the play was opening early January. She needed the pieces to be up on New Year's Day. So not only was she calling during the holidays, she needed the work done over the holidays. The printer looked around and went with literally the only artist who could pull off the project. Muka was talented. He was bold and innovative, but most importantly, he was there. If I'm being honest, I think that last qualification is probably all it took to get him the gig, although it was the first two that transformed this poster from a gig to a career maker. Muka was a theater lover. He knew the drama of the stage, and he created a dramatic poster. It was larger than life-size, showing Bernhard in her costume from the climax of the show. Not only that, we see some elements that were kind of new and different for print ads and posters of the time. Typically, when we think of posters and print advertisements, we tend to see them with bright, 
bold, eye-catching colors. Mooka's work, though, was these softer, more muted pastel colors. It also had this just free-flowing, organic feel. There are all these decorative flourishes that we would see later on in the early 20th century in the Art Nouveau movement. At that time, though, they just called it the Mooka style, as the posters were an immediate hit. Collectors began cutting them down and bribing poster hangers to give them copies. Bernhardt was said to be a huge fan of the piece. She really loved the way that he depicted her. I mean, she looks beautiful and soft and elegant. But she was also quite a savvy businesswoman. Bernhardt was a popular actress, but she was more than that. She was also a director putting on her own plays, and she was at the height of her fame in the 1890s. She immediately recognized that Mooka and his work was something special. She got him under contract to design her posters, her playbills, her set decorations for the next six years. And as she was commissioning these pieces and printing up thousands of playbills and posters, she had a number of extras printed that she held back to sell to collectors. Of course, during this time, Mooka became more and more famous as people were seeing and loving his work all around the city of Paris. And the commissions started rolling in for all sorts of commercial jobs. Mooka's probably best known for his lithographs that elevated the medium of posters and printmaking and also laid the foundation, setting some of the stylistic elements for the Art Nouveau movement. Although, interestingly, Mooka didn't necessarily associate himself or identify as an Art Nouveau artist. The Slav epic was the piece that he was most proud of. It was a series of monumental historical paintings on mural-sized canvases. While Mooka would probably prefer to be remembered for his historical paintings, it's his posters that really resonated and tapped into something that made him an important part of history. Amidst the Industrial Revolution and all of the steel and glass and the mechanization that's happening across all sorts of different industries, Mooka's work was soft and organic. We see the representations of nature in these flourishes. It feels handmade, and the colors are these soft pastel colors. It's a breath of fresh air. And that's why there was this frenzied action with people in the dead of night taking razors to cut the posters off the walls and steal them so that they could have a nice relaxing piece in their collection and in their home. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.